bad feeling about this. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's doing well in this possibly still frosty January time. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here, wrapping up incredibly warm. Uh, a pre-recording um, costume change has already taken place. It's how cold it is. Good evening. He was contemplating wearing a blanket like a pensioner. In his garage, but to be fair, at the time of recording, it is minus one degrees. So I'm in a base there undershirt this this period of time, which is perfectly justified because it's fucking freezing. And this is going to be a cathartic podcast. Let's just put it out there now. I've been waiting for this for a long time. It, it is going to be cathartic because we are generally quite positive when we do our top fives, but this one is going to be getting into the weeds and telling people what we were let down with this year. And I think the fact that it's also a late night record as well. We don't normally start after 10 o'clock. So I feel a little bit like the uh, the brakes are off on this one and we're just going to go balls deep on some of this shit. So Hollyoaks after dark. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously last week I said we did a review of 2021 of all the nice shiny things that we liked. But this one is going to be the top five disappointments of the year. Uh, next week is going to be the 2022 preview. Uh, but before we get into that, I've got a question for you both. Do you think, on the whole, that 2021 was a good year or a bad year for film in, in general? Stu? Um, good. Considering it was kind of, it was split again, it kind of it started off terribly and then you had the middle part for the... the Majority of the world, and then England just carry the fuck on. Who cares? But then America all got all scared again towards the end of the year. For the majority, it, even with all that stuff happening, I think it was a great year. There was there was some incredible things came out, and yet the whole at home as well as in the cinema, kind of that kind of thing, which is going ending now. Which there's thoughts and against that. I mean, I prefer. Things in the cinema I always will do. I know there's reasons why people want to watch it at home, which is fair. But I think the is it 44 days that HBO have said now that's where mm-hmm. it's going to be carried in, in the future. That's long enough. If you if you're that bothered that you want to stay at home and rent it at home, then that's the way forward. Then fine. But with that in mind, we wouldn't have got that if we hadn't gone through 2021 with day and date. And yeah. I think for, for that reason as well, I thought it was a really good year for films. Matt, did mm. you enjoy what you saw on TV and in the cinema? Yeah, I did, actually. It was a lot harder to write my disappointments than it was the things I enjoyed, actually. Mm. Um, I, I can't think of like many films at all in the cinema that I didn't feel satisfied with come the end of it. Um, and hence the reason why my, I think... My list is is uh, let me just review it. I think my list is one, two, three TV shows deep. So I think for film, I think it was a pretty good year for TV shows. However, I think a lot of TV shows suffered with fatigue because of how much content people were consuming in twenty twenty under lockdown one. 
Mm. Um, so the, yeah. the, tr- the tricky sequel was difficult for TV shows, I think, in 2021. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think, on the whole, I think 2021 was a decent year because of the lockdowns. I think a lot of studios were reluctant to put films out too early, so they saved a lot of them for the the latter half of 2021. And we start, we're still getting some at this point, like Licorice Pizza, I think, was filmed at the tail end of uh, 2019. So we're still getting the repercussions of those lockdown um, the, the lockdown holdbacks almost. Mm. So I think we are starting to get quite a few really good films that have been around forever. Like a lot of the films that I think you'll see at the Oscars were probably filmed in 2019, but because of one thing or another, here we are now. So I, I think that, yeah, on the whole, I think it was a really good year. And I agree with you, Matt. There weren't many films I walked away from the cinema hating everything about. Even the ones which we've mentioned on this podcast, like I can tell you good things about those movies, even if I didn't enjoy the experience overall. Hmm. Do we now count, is Belfast being counted as 2022? Yes, uh, I think it's released on the 22nd of January, but it was filmed in previous times. Yeah, because I watched that this afternoon and it is very, very good. It is, isn't it? It's great. Obviously, through not through cinema means, of course, but it, it is uh, out there. For um, for people's pleasure, and I don't think it's going to get many screens. To be honest, how weird it is from a kind of concept point of view. And like you said last week about it's not it's the subject is not going to be for everyone at all. Mm. It, it's it's really funny and really sad. Like it's got both ends of the spectrum, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, it's not going to appeal to everyone, but I really enjoyed myself watching it. But there was also quite a few walkouts because of it being the the secret screening. Um, I think people went, because I mean, I I said last week, I expected it to be Scream. I thought it was going to be one of the bigger films or maybe the the 355, which is an action movie. Um, But there's quite a few people who walked out when it went from colour to black and white at the beginning. And as the film went on, there were a number of of people. So there were some people who walked out when it was clearly like the film was wrapping up and they just gave (laughs) up on it. But can't please everyone all of the time, can you? No. Which leads us nicely onto our disappointments of 2021. Uh, obviously, the rules are exactly the same. Any film is eligible so long as it was released between the 1st of Jan and the 31st of December 2021. Uh, we'll go around the table. I'll go first, Matt, and then Stu. And I'm starting it off with Coming to America. I I love the first Coming to America. That period of time of Eddie Murphy he's as good as any comedic actor has ever been he was he was knocking him out of the park for fun and then his career was kind of like it, it, it hit the pinnacle when he got Oscar nominated for Dreamgirls and then he just died he just disappeared for quite a while you didn't see him in anything and then he made uh, Dolomite is my name the biopic and that was really interesting he thought okay right he's, he's back and then Coming to America has been in production for a while. And then it got released because of the lockdowns and everything. It went straight to streaming. And it was such a wet farce of a film. I mean, we discussed it when we had Tom Stade on. And he said how much he was disappointed with that movie too. Everything that you wanted from that movie. The 
almost politically incorrect that just right to the border of it that's what you wanted from it and it wasn't it was just a really safe film gone is that eddie murphy of the 80s and 90s and it was just very much i want my money so here's a film and it it just left me feeling so dissatisfied and i'll watch anything with tracy morgan in i'm a big fan of that dude and even he couldn't save that film for me it was just such a, a, a damp squib. Really, really disappointing. Uh, did either of you fellas get to, to watch that one? No, I never I never gave it the time of day based on your, at the time, displeasure. Mm. I mean, normally when you say things are bad, I'm going to definitely watch them. But <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much everyone to a man and woman and in between said that this was shit. So mm. it was... There were so many other things to watch at that time that it was like put very much to the back of the back burner, and I'll probably watch it eventually at some point if I'm really really bored. Like if it comes up on like Knockback or one of the retro podcasts, the first one. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen it for years and years and years. So if I watch the first one, I'll probably watch that the next one, the second one. But I'm in no rush to watch it whatsoever for the reasons you've just stated. Yeah, I wouldn't waste your time. But yeah, if you get a chance to watch the first one again, I would definitely say do it. I saw that shortly before watching the, the sequel, and the first one is still great. It still made me laugh. And it's, I think it's the first appearance of Samuel L. Jackson on screen. So for that alone, I think it's worth a watch. Matt, you're up next, please. No clashes, Andy, on, on my first one. Oh, there is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Just, just the one clash. Yeah. Um. But yeah, announce it. Uh, so mine was uh, was the uh, political space drama June. <laughs> you bastards. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that again. <laughs> Stew number five. Venom. Let there be carnage. Um. I kind of wish there was carnage, really, because it would have been a good film otherwise. Um. Let's just get this right, that this is the biggest disappointment. Cosmic Sin would have been absolutely every single point in this because it was the shittiest film of the year, but we all knew it was going to be shit anyway. So I had high, not high hopes, but I enjoyed the first Venom film. I thought it was all right. It was a good laugh. This thing was just, it might as well have been ripped straight from 2004. It was a superhero film out of time. It copied the the jokes that kind of hit in the first one were just copied again in this and it didn't work. It was too short as well, way too short for what it was. Everything happened too quickly, but at the same time, I was kind of glad because it was shit and I wanted it to, wanted it to end. It was just not a very good film whatsoever. And it's a waste because well, Tom Hardy's really good in this role and the first one had promise, but this is just it proper shit the bed, and it kind of ruined Spider Man the fact that that's even been linked now into the most perfect film of the year. Um, but um, yeah, it was just like Matt, Matt just said about coming out of the cinema feeling feeling disappointed. There's three on this list that I I, I did this for, and I was proper gutty because I thought it's such a wasted opportunity. 
Matt, did you see Venom two? I didn't see it. Listen, I've seen I've seen bits and bobs of it. I I I, know I have to my shame haven't seen the first one. <gasps> what? Are you okay, Stu? Um, <laughs> I just don't rush out to see these things. I, I, I yeah, yeah. You could you could you could you can spoil what you like though. Please do. Okay, um, cool. I I cannot accept this slander from Stu. <laughs> Venom Let There Be Carnage was fantastic. What? It was it was a a a buddy it, not a buddy cop no, it was a rom com almost between Venom and Tom Hardy. It it wasn't it didn't outstay. No no. It was about ninety minutes long. He got in there, told a silly little story and got the fuck out of there. It was exactly what I wanted when the first one dragged its arse out. So it was so long. And was just dull. I loved Venom 2. They could have started with that. I wouldn't waste your time watching the first one. Just watch no. the sequel again. It was this is, brilliant. This, I, is I, what happen- yeah. this is what happens when you drink tequila and we talk about things at half ten at night. Because <laughs> he's completely lost his mind this time. No, I loved it. I, I genuinely had a good time. It wasn't a great film, but I, I had fun. And, and that's all I wanted from it. The, the very least was just be more fun than the first one. And it was. Plus, Stephen Graham was in there, so it's always going to be good in my books. It was. It wasn't. It was fun. It was. It wasn't like it didn't depress me. Um, but I wanted more. I wanted more than I got. This is why he's on the list of being disappointing. See, I think I went in with like rock bottom expectations because I didn't. <laughs> it didn't enjoy the first one, so I went in with low expectations and enjoyed it. It exceeded what I went in there for. So. I can't knock it for those reasons, personally. One thing I can knock, though, which did disappoint me, uh, my fourth place film was Mortal Kombat. I just wanted it to be a bit of a fun video game romp. I, I, and it just didn't it didn't deliver what I wanted. I didn't expect it to be highfalutin. I didn't want highbrow. I didn't really need that much of a story. But it gave me nothing. I had absolutely nothing to hang my hat on with it. It was just such an empty shadow of a film. Like, you could see stuff happening, but there was no context to it. It just sort of pooted along and then ended. Like, the games don't have much of a story, but there's a little bit of one dragging you through. Mm. With this one, it was just instantly forgettable. The amount of times I had to rewind it to try and figure out what I'd missed. And it turns out I'd missed nothing. It's just that it was shit and they weren't telling me anything <laughs> in the story. I was so disappointed to the point that I still think that the first one is better than this one. Even the second one is probably on a par with it. And that one is the absolute shits. I was positive about it at the time. Looking back... I probably kind of, uh, the excitement of it all kind of maybe kind of swept me away with it at the bit, but I do, I don't think it's, mm, it's enjoyable nonsense and that, that is all it is. It's a six out of 10. I, I'll watch that before I watch Venom again, definitely, but it wasn't a good film <laughs> at all. <laughs> it didn't have a story, the story didn't make any sense. Um, the CG was still a bit ropey. Um, oh my god, the CG in this film was as bad as Reptile from was it number two when Reptile was in it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was awful. Yeah, 
yeah, it was. Um, I'd completely, uh, to be honest, I'd completely forgot that film was even out last year. So that's that's, that's never a good sign, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, did you see it in the end? Yeah, yeah. I. Um... Uh, it was it was just just disappointing really because the Mortal Kombat world has so much to give. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really easy formula to get right, I think, and I don't think I don't think anyone's ever got it right. Even the first one, I think, is only good for nostalgia purposes, and it's so shit, it's good. Same reason as like Street Fighter is pretty excellent in a really it's really <laughs> shit, yeah, but it's really fun to watch kind of way. But Mortal Kombat should be really easy to do, but no one can really no one can really do it. It's never really, um, you know, ticked all the boxes that it should do. But yeah, it wasn't fantastic, was it? Let's be honest. But mm. it was, it was, it was very middling, unoffensively bad. Is probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even bad enough that you can enjoy parts of it to have a laugh at it. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, your number four, please, Matt. My number four is a film that was never ever going to achieve the um the hype that was set for it ahead of time and that was uh Zack Snyder's Justice League that film for me like i described at the time is a pretty pig and a damn fine pretty pig but it is still a pig all the same still had all the flaws of the first one with a little more exposition and a little it looked nicer um but it still had all of the same it's the same nonsense that the first one had and a pretty just uninteresting story if I'm being honest with you um I was disappointed I guess because I I bought into the hype I went against my better judgment and bought into the hype and then actually when I watched it realized uh, if you can't tell the story in two don't do it in four you know what I mean um and that's essentially what it was it was just it was just too. It was very. It was very self-indulgent, as I said the first time round. Um, it didn't do a lot for me, and I won't be rushing back to watch it anytime soon. Mm, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm a big DC Comics fan. I haven't watched it again since. Like, I feel like I need to work myself up to a, a point where I think, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for four and a half hours of this again. I, I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. Um, but my only sort of positive I can say about that film, it's still having repercussions now. Like people are still having that conversation. And it's a positive and a negative because if you look on Twitter, the people who are talking about it, a lot of them are the dregs of humanity. <laughs> but it is the fact that mm. it is still there. It, it's had this impact, which in some respects is a good thing. Like, I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle of it all and the hype it generated and everybody was getting now TV for a month to watch it. And, like, it it, it was the first in a while media events that I could think of that, like, the whole world was talking. Maybe for me since, like, the Game of Thrones finale, like, worldwide. Like, we had, like, we had Line of Duty here, but, like, worldwide it felt like the biggest... Mm. the biggest thing to happen in absolutely ages so i respect the hustle of it all but it's just again it's not my target audience really it's not it's they're not they're not doing this for me and i just you know i accept that but it, it just wasn't great Stu, anything to say on that one i've seen it three times i saw it, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it the in the now tv time and i saw it in black and white um which is an experience in itself and then i was does it, it make any difference the Chrome version. I, 
it makes it more pretentious. Um, <laughs> so I like it then. It does. Yeah, I think you you'd be wanking all over that Blu-ray all over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not. It doesn't have the same effect that the the, uh, the Chrome Logan version does and the uh, Fury Road version does. Mm. Not not for me. I I know Dean loves that, but um, yeah. And then I watch it on um, on a couch as well, just because I thought, well, let's try it. let's try it mobile. I, I loved it. I mean, I, I hated the first the 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 uh, original version that we got beyond words. Mm. Um, not as bad as Suicide Squad, obviously, but it still wasn't great. And I think for me, it fixed a lot of the problems. Yeah, it's not a perfect film, but on that said, for the cultural events that it was at the time, it's not. It's not something you can just whack on because of how long it is. But I thoroughly enjoyed myself with it, and mm. I can't see myself going back and watching it again anytime soon because I've watched it three times already. Like I said, but I'll. You can buy it now, can't you, on Blu-ray? So yeah, it's going to have to be done at some point, and I'll I'll invariably watch it again and enjoy it again. It was perfectly fine. It wasn't amazing, but I, I wasn't offended by it at all. What I was offended by was fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it more a case of the fact that we'd hyped this up ourselves. That this was going to be this was going to be the one that wasn't going to be shit. <laughs> it was the return to form, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I even watched the trailer. I got sucked in by the trailer of it because I didn't know where it was, and I thought, "Oh, this looks intriguing." And then sat there for God knows how long it was even on for, thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" Which in itself is not a problem, but then the, when you actually found what was going on, that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really, really brilliant, brilliant premise that was executed like a four-year-old <laughs> to mm. think of. It was just, a, again, a wasted opportunity that was there for the taking, and it could have been something special, and it really, really wasn't. And it, it annoyed me more than anything else, which is never a good sign. Mm. I mean, I saw it in the, the cinema as well. And I even told you how bad it was, Stu. You do need to listen to me. It, it was, <laughs> when it comes to anything horror-related, we're generally on the same page, and, and that was just such a swing and a miss. It was terrible. I mean, it's even had our friend Alex Wolf from Pig, who, like, he was excellent in that, so I thought, well, he should be good in this, but he really wasn't. It, it was... You know, I think the thing that pissed me off most was Shyamalan was in it far too much for my liking. Even though he didn't have a main role, he kept popping up and he kept taking me out of the moment. Because he's such mm. a stilted wooden actor, you know that you're not watching what you're watching is a film. It, it takes you out of the moment completely. He ruined his own film by putting himself in it. <laughs> he does it thinking that he's some kind of Hitchcockian director. He's just a cock. That's all he is. He's a fucking awful, absolutely terrible actor. And sadly, his direction, when it's been good, I'm starting to think he's just on the sheer look of it rather than his actual skills. We should put this down as a future um, question cast thing. The worst director who's acted? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question, actually. I'll, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Note that down. Note that down. Uh, the other thing I noticed in the film, 
I, I could feel the, the hate coming off the audience directed at the screen. Like, <laughs> no, 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 audience. And you can tell everyone's really tetchy. That's what the experience was. I could hear everybody <laughs> huffing and puffing throughout it at every twist and turn. Yeah, it's like that kind of <sighs> the yeah. like intake of breath at certain uh, moments. This shit again. Come on. Yeah, it, it, that's what it was. It, it, you didn't see it, did you, Matt, if I remember no, correctly? No, again, based on yours and my little brother's. Um, my little brother, who is not a film like connoisseur at all and he hated it he was like this is really bad he'd made like a uh, conscious like he was really looking forward to seeing it because he doesn't go to cinema that often and then mm. was disappointed oh. with it. yeah oh, that's even worse isn't it uh, another thing that i felt like the audience hated but maybe it was just me is my number three june we we broke this down in after one of our episodes in a post credit scene I hated it from the very first moment. <laughs> from the when the title screen came up and it said June Part One, and at no point throughout all of the advertisement for this film did they say it was going to be Part One, and then they spring it on me right there and then. I knew I wasn't going to get a payoff in this movie. I knew it was just going to be Lord of the Rings, the, the Fellowship of the Ring. They was going to tease me a little bit, but give me fuck all at the end of it, and that's exactly what happened. It was this long, plodding, bullshit story that like, I know a lot of the time I complain about exposition that happens in films. There was zero exposition in this film. They dived right in at the deep end. They were on like page 100 when the film had started. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And don't get me wrong, the visuals and the sound were incredible. Like it will win Oscars for those reasons. And I, I accept that. But the story was so poor, so weak, it did absolutely nothing for me. Mm. And then the end of the film, when it came up with that cheesy line about, and this was all the beginning or whatever it was that Zendaya said, I just thought, oh, fuck off, you pretentious bag of cunts. That's how I felt at the end of that film. I, I was I was just fucking, I was up on my feet before the credits were rolling. So I thought, even if that isn't the end, I've had enough. That's how bad it was. Wow. Mm. Matt, it was also on your list. It was on my list. And yeah, yeah I'm, I, I don't feel quite as passionately as, as, uh, as angry about it. But I, I turned to, um, to my mate who I was with and I looked at him and I like mouthed the words, do you know what's going on? And he was like, <laughs> no, nah, I haven't got a clue. And like the film, it turned on its head from this like space Game of Thrones. That I was really enjoying to this really weird sand Boba Fett nonsense, like out of nowhere. And mm. it, it, I was really enjoying it up to that point as well. Even though I wasn't understanding it, I was just going with it. And I thought, you know, it's, it's something's going to happen. And it just never did. It just never did. It was, it was, it was just all over the place. Come the end of it. Like it, it just completely turned its tone on its head and just became a film like it was like it snatched it, it, it held the carrot in front of me and then took it away um and then left me with just a bad taste in my mouth and it's a shame because you know i'm not against you know something being epic in a three-part nine-hour you know bonanza if at least the start of it's entertaining to want to make you watch six hours more mm. but i don't think anyone can say it really was that 
that entertaining. The whole thing was a slog. The, the opening salvo should be something to tease you for the rest of it. This shouldn't. You should never have to have a three-hour-long trailer for the rest of a saga. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what it was. Mm. And I mean, that cast, like, you stick Jason Momoa in a film, I'm there. You stick Dave Bautista in a film, I'm there. I like Timothy Chalamet. I, I like Kenneth Branagh. And I just felt so underwhelmed at the end of it. And, and I think that's the biggest crime, is you, you had so much going for you, and you just didn't give me anything. Mm. Stu, I know you're chomping at the bit to tell us both that we're wrong here. I think you've been inhaling that spice that you should have been trading. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know either that it was a multi-part thing until the part one thing came up. And I didn't know until I came out and I was reading about it that it hadn't even been confirmed that it was a multi-part thing and part two hadn't been greenlit yet. <laughs> if I'd gone in knowing that, I probably wouldn't have gone in at all. <laughs> um, but I loved every minute of it. I don't remember, like I said at the time, I don't really remember the original one from the 80s. Mm. I, do, I remember watching it and I remember scenes from it. I don't really remember it, though. It's been a long time. Um, but I... <laughs> Everything you said, I just disagree with completely. <laughs> I just like, I, I enjoyed every single second of it. Yeah, it's it's nonsense, and but the basis for Star Wars, what it is, and all that kind of thing. Like you said, and the visuals and sound speak for itself. But I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the quiet parts, and then talking about the inner voice and all this kind of stuff. I just I liked it all, and I, I was never lost at any point in that in that film. I was not lost what was going on. I don't know why. Maybe maybe because I was so engrossed in it from the start and I knew that you had to concentrate properly because there was this issue where it was mental. Hmm. Um, maybe that was the case, that I, I knew it was one of these. So I paid more attention than I, I would do going into something like what will come next on mine. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. And I, when I found out there was a second one and now a third as well, I can't wait. And I can't wait for you to go back and watch it as well. <laughs> because I can't, I can't say I won't watch the next, the other two because I will because I want it to satisfy me. Like I really do. I just am fairly confident it won't. Mm. I, I, I am prepared to give this film another chance. Maybe once all three films are out, and I can watch it as a whole. I, I, I am prepared to give it another chance, but it's a single. Like I was disappointed because I wanted a story and I wasn't given a story. Yeah, there's not, not a you, whole story. That's why it's on my list as much as anything else. Yeah, I think you you can't. That's why I didn't mention it last week as in my top five favorites because you can't. It's like for, like putting fellowship on. You can't put fellowship on anything because it's not. It's part of a, a larger thing. It's part one of two, maybe three, <laughs> and it was so blatantly obvious that this was. Not even that. Mm. It, it was just left on such a cliffhanger, which could have been nothing at all. But then its numbers made it, made it up in the first weekend. So clearly there was more people like me than you two. But yeah, you can't... I completely understand why you'd put it on for that reason. Mm. Uh, Matt, you're up next, please, for your number three. Hold on to your hat, Stuart. 
Line of Duty. Uh, purely for the ending. Purely for the ending, though. The series as a whole was 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 great, as as nearly all of them were. But the ending was such a sour note and such a disappointment. And I pray to any god that will listen that it isn't the end of the whole show, which I don't think it will be. It'll be nonsense. It'll be absolute madness for them not to tap in to you know this. I don't. Have they announced anything, Stu, for another series yet, or? Um, Mercurio's not, but BBC have said that mm. they want more. That was that was at last um, the last time I heard they said that they wanted to do more, and he said he didn't. He, he would, but not under COVID um, okay. protocols. So the, the, you're looking at the thing. You're looking about five this, years. The thing about this was the hype. The hype around it again was was massively high, and this this series was the first I've heard of line of duty in the the absolute mainstream <laughs> yeah, yeah compared to like you know it was it was popular amongst people but it was never as popular as it was for the end of this series um and the whole build up through six series up to who is h and it ended up being uh, um, i'm not going to say just in case for people who haven't seen it yet but if you haven't by now you deserve everything you get really um but for end- who it ended up being was just such a oh was it that didn't that that wasn't worth the wine and dining for the eventual sixty nine in that I got. Do you know what I mean? Like it just wasn't. It just it just wasn't the fulfilment that it, that it should have been. And it and then that then that's okay. Like listen, you can't you can't always get what you want. But then Mercurio comes out and then tries to justify it to everybody by being a bit of a prick about it, which he did ended up doing in interviews. And that was then the final straw for me. I was like, no, I've had enough of this pretentious wanker. I'm I'm annoyed now. Um, and that, so it just became a greater disappointment. As someone, I, who, oh, sorry, shoot. As someone who hasn't watched Line of Duty, can you explain it in wrestling terms why it was disappointing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I can. Okay. The gobbledygooker. Right. Okay. It's the gobbledygooker. So Basically. makes no sense. Comes out of complete left field. Not so much left field. Okay, let me let, uh, let me go for another one then. Um, 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 Is it Zack Ryder winning the IC title? Later no, no. It's it's the big star, but it's a big star in AEW coming out. But it's Christian Cage. <laughs> oh, Ash will be so fucking angry at hearing I mean, that. He is. I know. I can hear. I can hear. I can hear a voice hear from Chester, but from now, but that's that. That's what. That's what it is. It's it's a big star coming out, but it's it's Christian Cage. Okay. God, sorry, Ash. I can't wait. To, I I can't wait for the text. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stu, you watched Line of Duty. What were your opinions on that? Because I watch it all again before the final season. What they did made perfect sense in a kind of weird backwards way. It still wasn't as good as what... I think it was kind of... It's one of them things where the internet storytellers had bought up better ideas than what actually ended up happening. So you were Mm. disappointed with something that was never under your control anyway. (laughs) If you binge it now from start to finish, you'll probably get a better payoff than if you've watched it for over the last eight, nine years or however long it's been. Mm, so I can believe that. From okay. that from that point of view, from what Mercurio said, if if, and it's a big if, this was the plan all along, it's genius. If it's been retrofitted, which I think it has been, 
then it's not so much. But it's not as bad as if you've kind of... Because some of the things that they're hinted at, you'd never in a million years remember. You just wouldn't. So right. for, if you were... If you'd watch it all in one go, or if you were like a super fan who's obsessed with it, you get the payoff. If you're a normal person, it didn't make a lot of sense. So I can see both sides of this one. Okay, cool. Uh, you're up next for your number three choice, please. Uh, this was one of these things where it came It came out, I'd heard nothing about it at all. I thought, oh, this looks intriguing. And then I watch it and I was so annoyed. And it's The Green Knight, which is the most Andy Gillard film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest pile of bollocks I've ever seen in my entire life. It's just full stop. From what, from what I thought it was to what I ended up being, just nonsense. It's got a meta score of 85. 85? It's basically, yeah, IMDb, a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Okay, fine. No problem with that. Dev Patel, like Dev Patel. Yep. Alicia Vikander, like her. What the fuck happened? <laughs> what was it? It was all over the place. And I know it's intentionally all over the place. Fine. I just didn't like it. I hated it from the... <laughs> I, th- I thought, okay, it's got this weird kind of mm, humming noise in the background, which is never a good sign, because it, it's going to be moody and arty and, and not like that kind of film. And I thought, all right then, let's let's kind of readjust my mind. This is going to be something else. Where I, but then it's two hours ten. It felt like twenty hours and ten. It was just shit, and the whole king up movie fantasy dramas. I like that kind of thing. Just, I just do. Same as sci-fi. Give it a chance. But this, this did not hit at all in any way possible. I hated every second of it. So defend this bollocks if you can. I cannot allow this disrespect. (laughs) (laughs) I, I nearly recommended this film to you when I watched it because I thought. You may appreciate the, you know, the witch, the um, the Ralph Ineson film yeah, that yeah, you really yeah. like. Yeah, I felt it had elements of that to it. It had this really unsettling, never sure of your footing throughout the whole film, but in a more fantasy rather than a horror genre. I thought it it may have been your kind of thing, but I didn't mention it because I, I thought it might be in my top five list of the end of the year. I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I really, really enjoyed it. Dev Patel is just wonderful in it. And oh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Um, the part after he meets the Green Knight at the end, I loved all of that. I thought it was all brilliant. And then it all comes back to the Green Knight. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really smart. I, I loved it. That bit was the best part of the film. That bit that the... After after meeting the Green Knight was the best part of the film. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. For me, I, that was good. And he's perform the perform individual performances can't argue with at all. Mm. It was just so up its own arse. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it, it was very arty. I, I, I will agree with you there. I, you know, but I loved the 
the, you know the small story where it was the the girl who was in the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, the girl from Solly Hall, mixed yeah. race girl. Yeah, I loved her little story where she was a ghost who'd lost her head and he has to go and get it. And you just had these tiny little stories that were sort of beautiful and sort of tragic at the same time. And I really like though I like personal stories. We've discussed it several times on here. And this is what it gave me. I, I, I genuinely did enjoy it. I thought it was a really good film. But I also respect the fact that it is very arty-farty and not everyone will get anything from it. It was too much. It was too far the other way for me. <laughs> Matt, have you got any clue what we're talking about with this one? Uh, no, I'm, I've zoned out, to be honest, um, from, 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 from everything I heard about this movie beforehand. I've seen it knocking about, and I've been meaning to, to catch it, but um, put the word medieval in front of me, and I'm, I, I, it's a bit of a turn-off, anyway, in general, for okay. me. So it's never really going to really gonna jump out the screen for me. That's fair, that's fair. So, on to my number two, and it's one we're going to skip over. It is Fast 9. Matt? Uh, Tiger King 2. Um, Tiger King 2 is probably the most obvious cash uh, cash grab I've seen in 2021. It was obviously lightning struck with the Tiger King, and it was tremendous. As stupid and as silly as it was, it set the world on fire. Everybody was talking about it from... From filthy casuals to Andy Gillard, literally everybody <laughs> was talking about Tiger King. And for the right reasons, it was just insane viewing. Tiger King 2, however, was without access to nearly any of the actually interesting people of the first series. Um, and actually, with not a lot of story to, to be able to be told, it was just this really hodgepodge, generally just boring, cumbersome series that only really picked up in the last episode to tease more but once you've from what you had to endure to get to that point really the juice wasn't worth the squeeze and it's a shame really um louis theroux's latest audio book talks about he was gonna remake a show and the directors of tiger king 2 made it really really difficult for him to get any access and I almost don't know how now because they came out with such a boring product in the end for Tiger King 2. I, I, it's just... I'm more annoyed with myself that I, got, that I was excited for it because of the the the, actual, the, the, the amazing success of, of the first series. But yeah, it's crap. It's just, it's just really boring, really shit, not worth your time. Do they actually bring anything to the table with this one? It, it didn't really. feel like there was any story left to tell, so I I haven't checked it out. If I'm honest, so the, like I say, the the the, the story like it, the, it's got more heel turns than the big show. In the end, the people that are the, the, <laughs> towards the end, the people that are anti Joe Exotic end up are end end up on his side and are now fighting his legal case. Put it that way. Okay, um, but it's you know because they they don't get any. Carol Baskin, she doesn't agree to play any part of it. It becomes, it, it flips it on its head from being Joe Exotic is this paranoid bloke who thinks it's Carol Baskin to actually, does he have a point? Did she murder his husband? They try to make it like a true crime documentary for a few episodes. Hmm. Um, and then they start talking about like the 
the, the the circus cast around him and everything else, and then the people that were trying to get him freed, and it ends up being become part of that, intertwining it with like calls to him from prison. But it's just, it was just it was just, it was just boring, it was just boring, like simple as that. And that that you know, lightning didn't strike twice, sadly. Yeah, completely agree. It it could have been aired off. Uh, this is what's happened in the last year, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, easily, and, yeah. And they milked it for as much as I possibly could do. That last, the last episode is the only one that has any new revelations. I mean, that that bloke is completely off his head when he's in the court shouting at all the, the mm. police officers and everything like that, kind of cunts and everything. <laughs> See, the thing, the thing is, like, you you can milk the cash cow and make it work without much to go on because making the murderer series two did that. Mm. To some extent, there was a bit more fleshing out of the story there, but you can do it and not tell a boring story. Um, but this just wasn't it. Not yeah, it, it it was it. The, a lot of it you knew anyway, and it was just like rehashed from before, mm. which was I thought. Well, why are we doing this? For, what is the point in this? Uh, yeah, completely agree with that one. Mm. I remember watching the that they did an episode set after Tiger King one, and it was Joel McHale was presenting it, and he got a few of the people on, and I got about ten minutes into that and gave up, and that was the reason I didn't bother checking out mm. the second season of the film. I, I feel like I probably made the right decision then from what you both said on it. Mm. Allow your memory of the first series and its craziness not to be tainted with this one. Okay, well, I'll stick to that one. Stu, number two for you, please. Mentioned about ten minutes ago, Fast Nine. Just massive, massive letdown after what we've what we've been building up to after the last four films, especially um, in the the modern Fast and Furious uh, timeline. Mm. It went too far. It. <laughs> He didn't just jump the shark. He blew every shark out of the fucking ocean into the sky and space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It went, it went too far. It was nonsense. It, it ruined a lot of what was good about Fast and Furious. Hmm. It's, it's always been silly. It knows exactly what it is, but this one went... I think that should just be the, the tagline. Fast 9 went too far. Hmm. Because then, what the, what the hell do you do now? With the next, with the next two, what do you, what can you possibly do now after after that? The car in space, it's yeah, it, it's that jump in the shark moment, isn't it? From Happy Days, that that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that the, bit, you, the bit with this, the bit with the um, the swing bridge, that was funny. <laughs> I like mm. that, but it, it was, and then the bit in in Scotland, that was I liked all that stuff, but. Again, because of my trailer ban, I hadn't seen the space stuff. And as soon as that happened, I thought, well, this is done now. It's all it's all over. So it didn't make any sense whatsoever. No, it, 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 was, it was beyond the pale, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Even for them, even for them, and how, how much we all love this stuff. And there is an unrated version, and I, I'm obviously going to have to see it. Even of if course. It's, if it's, it's only a little bit more. Um, but where where you go from here now to kind of turn it round for the la- the final two? Fuck now, because they're ruined it, and it's a shame. Mm. Uh, apparently, Dwayne has told them he's not coming back for ten as well. So 
I feel like there ain't really much point in continuing with it. It it feels like the heart's been taken out of it. Mm. And like we said on last week's episode when we were discussing the Suicide Squad, John Cena is a believable geek hard man, but they tried to make him a cool hard man in this, Mm. and it it didn't work because John Cena isn't cool. And I, I feel that... I don't think it worked on a personal level, and I don't think it worked on a Fast and Furious massive over-the-top level either because it it just took it out of the realms of possibility. It was just too much. I think you've still not seen a single second of any of them, Matt. I'd seen about half an hour of the first one and that was that was enough to turn me off. Mm, they are bad. They, are, they do start off really, really bad. Right, we'll do a couple of honourable mentions. Um, so I've gone with films that I had low expectations with anyway and they still didn't clear the bar. Uh, Escape Room 2, Tournament of Champions. It should have been like a throwaway, silly, fun film. He said it was just forgettable and predictable pap. Spiral from the Book of Saw. <laughs> I, I, I really like Chris Rock. That's the only reason I gave it a chance is because Chris Rock and obviously Sam Jackson played his dad. So I, I, I've not been a fan of the Saw movies generally, but I have seen them all for some bizarre reason. And I was still disappointed at the end of it. And also, uh, the other film that really let me down was Thunder Force. I like Melissa McCarthy. I like Octavia Spencer. I want films where people who don't look like supermodels get to be the main star of it and get to be superheroes. I want normal people in these films as well as, you know, buff gods and goddesses. And this just wasn't funny. Like, this is exactly what it should have been. And it just wasn't. It ended up just being a slog. It ended up being like a 90-minute slog, for crying out loud. So those are the three films that, low expectations, it was a low bar, and they still didn't get underneath it. Matt, anything you've got? Yeah, only the, only the one for me, um, and that was Spencer. Um, <laughs> Same, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, despite the fact that I'm really oddly attracted to Christian Stewart as Lady Die, like, really attracted to her as lady <laughs> died. Um it was it it was just bland as anything, wasn't it really? Yeah. It just didn't mm. have any I'm not expecting them it to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, but at the same time I needed a little more than than what it was really. Whew, there she is. Um <laughs> I just expected it I just needed a little bit more and it was it was just boring, wasn't it? Like I get ecclesiastical you know like the 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 monarchy and everything it's not it's never going to be snorting coke off a hooker's tits kind of thing but it was it was just it just wasn't it wasn't entertaining much less exciting i get that it was very grand and the music was very nice and the set pieces were pretty you know can be spectacular in parts but it just it just wasn't it just wasn't it wasn't what i thought it was going to be Mm. I, the only reason that hasn't made it on my list is I've heard some reviews that have said that they used horror elements to the film. Yeah, and I want to watch it again before giving it like a an appraisal. I think that's the only reason it hasn't made it on my list because it was on my long list originally because it did let me down. Even as someone who isn't a royalist, I, I kind of wanted something a little bit different, and I just didn't get it. Shu, anything you've got uh, on your honorable mention list? Um, hmm. we just say though her performance in Spencer was superb yeah 
I've got no issue. Yeah. I've got no issue yeah. there. Yeah, not at it's all. Just, she was incredible. Yeah, but it was so bland. <laughs> so bland. When I've got it six, the most six out of ten film of the year, and again the trailer did its job. Again, let my let my guard down and watch the trailer because <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, just bland as fuck, really. Um, the other one was the last jewel, which had been on my list for ages. As soon as I saw it again, saw half the trailer, then did the death thing because I thought oh, I'm going to watch this. this. This looks great, and it was boring. It was, was two it? and a half two and a half hours of being bored. <laughs> it's it's a story from three person three people's perspective. So it goes chapter one, one person's perspective, chapter two, chapter three. You think, okay, this is like almost like Grand Dog Day stuff, which we all know that I don't like. But it's three different perspectives and then the outcome at the end. Fine. But it's just dull. And you look at the cast and you think, how is this possible? How could you make this so boring? It might be, to, it probably is about an hour too long. <laughs> it's, and it's two hours 20. And it is, you could easily, you could trim half hour off easily. Um, but again, performance is fine. No issue there. The accents, English accents in a French, playing French people. <laughs> you just kind of—it's it's like suspend your disbelief of the, the whole thing. <laughs> the, it's set in France. It's French. It's French people they're playing by Matt Damon and Affleck. So with it, with very roping parts English accents, but Affleck's having the time <laughs> of his life. So who, who can begrudge him that? But yeah, it's just. It was just one of them. I thought, "Oh, come on, how long?" And when you when you start looking at the looking at the clock and thinking of what food to eat to keep you going, it's never a good sign. Is it? it's, <laughs> again, it's medieval, so Matt's never got to see. But yeah, it's just not not where I thought it would be at all. Yeah, I, the reviews, both from like professional critics and people on Twitter, it's been pros, properly divisive, um, and, and that's why it was high on my list until it fell off pretty quickly. And that's why I've just never got round to seeing it, is that it, it just doesn't seem to have captured the audience quite like I expected it to. Have you seen its box office, though? It's absolutely appalling. It's like it, 10 million, isn't it? Yeah, it cost 100 million to make. It's got 30 million worldwide. And it really got to come out and said, oh, it's because people are obsessed with their phones. Well, no, it's because you made a shit yeah. film. Yeah. I remember that, and that was one of the, another one of the reasons I didn't bother was that Ridley Scott came out with this diatribe about people not having the attention span to watch films, and a lot of the critics just turned around and said exactly what you've just said. It's like it's not a fact of not having the attention span; it's the fact that you've made something that hasn't captured people's attentions. Yeah, I mean the I mean, the premise of the film is: did this did this wife, the wife of a knight, actually get raped by? his former friend and you think okay it's set in medieval france mm. start with this cast it sounds really really fascinating and different and you think okay bring it on and then you watch it and you think well what the fuck is this but yeah. you might as well be, <laughs> you might as well you get more entertainment than watching french porn with hairy armpits like eurovision like the, 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 what was it what was it called that, that, that channel four Eurotrash. Uh, Euro Eurotrash, that's the one. But Antoine, Antoine de Corn. That would be more entertaining bringing that back than watching this polish shit. Mm. That's how it is. 
Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So we'll do our number ones now. <clears throat> mine isn't a film. Mine, mine isn't even a TV show. Mine is a whole studio. Oh. The Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> <laughs> had the... It's had probably the poorest See, year. You're keeping this in, keeping these sirens in for your your shame. <laughs> they're coming to take you away. In all of the years that the MCU has been running, I think this has possibly been its worst year. And I will prefix that with the fact that they have given us twenty five to thirty hours worth of TV and film both on Disney Plus and in the cinema, that they've given us a lot of content. And maybe 20% of that was actually good. Maybe 20% of what they gave us, I might, might watch again, but probably won't. 80% of that nearly 30 hours worth of stuff they've given us was just completely throwaway. One Division, awful. Awful piece of shit that was. Falcon and Winter Soldier was okay. Didn't go anywhere near far enough. So like, was it Cyspuria? I think it was, was it Cyspuria who wrote the um, Sam Wilson, Captain America stuff. And it went deep into America's psyche and their, how they deal with black people and people within positions of authority. Fantastic. And they completely ignored all of that. Black Widow. We've spoke about that before. It was shit. What if... Mostly boring. Shang-Chi, eh, it was okay at best. Loki, I felt was just skippable. Eternals, meh. Spider-Man No Way Home, good. Hawkeye, probably the best thing I uh, of the MCU this year. So like, to take it back to a wrestling analogy, like we've done a couple of times this evening, the reason I don't watch WWE anymore is because on an average month, they give us about 40 hours worth of products. And I cannot see a single second of that, and I will still know what is going on. I've not watched WWE since last March for WrestleMania. And I guarantee if I turn it on for the Royal Rumble at the end of this month, I will still know what's going on. It is skippable. And that's what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been this year. It has been just completely skippable. I'm sorry, Ash. I know he needs help. Um, <laughs> Ash if, will be on my side for that. <laughs> no, he won't. You can't compare. You can't. You, you take away the Disney Plus stuff. You know, about, you talk about the four films of this year, of 2021. The four 2021 films. Um, I can't think. <laughs> I'm so furious. Um, <laughs> Eternals, Shang Chi, Spider Man, and uh, Black Widow. That's. Four films there. Spider-Man, obviously. Black Widow was very meh. Didn't need to exist. Who cares? Eternals, no surprise we're going to get too soon. Um, <laughs> and then Shang-Chi, which is, like we said at the time, is very much a phase one. It was perfectly acceptable. I think there's been worse. Thor Dark World, yeah, was worse than this. Thor Dark World was awful, but... I think as a whole, I don't think Marvel have given us anything really that interesting in the last 12 months, if I'm being brutally honest. I don't think they've given us anything that I need to have seen. I think I could start from 
you know, 1st of January 2021, and I'd still be okay with where we are. There was nothing that was really that vital. Yeah, I said I said this exact same thing to Galdi. I said you don't need to watch any of the any of the Disney Plus stuff. It's just said if you want if you want expanded universe things, so it, it will tie in eventually. But you won't need to have seen it to watch the films. Which is, is it the right way to do it? Probably, maybe. But then it goes back to the whole: Do you want to watch twenty six films before you watch the next one? Kind of thing. Well, this is it. I mean, they've given us they they've gone down the route of more is more. And I don't want that. You know, more is less. Entice me in. Don't just give me all of this crap all in one go and try and drown me in it. This is why Marvel fatigue has set in massively at this point. You know, we both hated One Division, <laughs> and rightly so. The the Agatha, the fact that there's an Agatha show now at some point this year. Yeah. That's I love be... Catherine Hahn, I really do, but I have no interest in that show. That's going to be the biggest chore of the year. I already know that it is. And I'm not going to have to watch it because I have to. This is the rules now. Um, <laughs> but I'm not looking forward to that one bit. And Loki kind of left it out there, but we don't know what's going to happen with in the Doctor Strange film, if that kind of wraps it all up as well. Will they get Tom Hiddleston back again with the money that he's obviously on? Maybe, mm. maybe not. Again, it is, from that point of view, the whole throwaway thing, I completely agree with, because that's exactly what it is. You don't need to watch it. It's there if you want it. If they made that clear, then fine. But they're not going to make it clear, are they? Because they want you to watch everything. And for for some of us who do watch everything, it's, I mean, what, I, mean I watched Boba Fett today, like two days after it came out. This is a whole Disney Plus thing that, However incredible that series is has been so far, it's still not like appointment TV anymore. Mm, yeah, it's it's almost like we we spoiled by nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, have I been too harsh? Uh, no, not necessarily because I I have. I find, you know, I'm, I've I've put the Spider-Man thing to bed now. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain one of the comments you made in that fateful episode, Stu, was you're not going to enjoy it as much if you haven't done your homework and you haven't watched these 30 hours of just Disney Plus stuff. Oh, no. Less. These, the, lo, they, these things don't count, though. These, I, I, I meant to, the whole Spider-Man thing of the original five films and stuff like that. Mm, okay. One division. No one needs to watch One Division ever. <laughs> well, surely for the Doctor Strange, the oh yeah, yeah, in relation to Spider Man, I mean the multi nonce of nonceness. You need to, <laughs> you need to have watched all that kind of stuff. I don't think you've been too harsh, um, Andy. I just, I think that it, the bar was never that high for me to begin with, though. So it was probably par for the course. To be honest, okay. I quite enjoyed Shang Chi because I felt like it was mm. something a little different. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was good, not great. Eternals, shite. Black Widow, shite. So it's about where it should be for Marvel, isn't it? Really, I think when you've got when you when you've got things that are you know are still going to be mind-numbing, or you can re- remove your brain and still enjoy them, like Ghostbusters and stuff like that, and that hit it out of the park. Things like Marvel, which are exactly the same, really need to raise their game, and they didn't, and it's probably where I expected it to be. To be honest, mm. I think my, I think personally, it's the fact that 
like generally speaking over the years they they started out with you know a couple of films in 2008 nothing till 10 a few in 11 and they've ramped it up to the point now where they've just given you more than is necessary to the point now where like 30 hours would be spent on this i mean that is a lot of time to devote to something that is just throwaway and that's my problem with it is more that it's to throw away rather than the actual quality of it. If there was something in all of that 30 hours that I'd think that was worth it and there wasn't ever that moment. Not for me anyway. Mm. So Matt, your biggest disappointment of 2021? Nowhere near as um, as decisive or quite as sexy <laughs> this one, so apologies. Um, crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh. Um, it was so boring come the end of it. Now we were we were we were in the point where true crime docuseries were massive, like headed mm-hmm. up, in my opinion, by the Night Stalker series, which was excellent. Yeah. Um and this was so boring. My good lady just Googled the ending just so she didn't have to watch it. <laughs> like she was just like, I've had enough of this. I can't be bothered. I'm not gonna watch it with you, Matt. If you want to, if you want to suffer it yourself, please do. But I'm not going to, and I'm not, uh, and I, I don't blame her because it ended up being this really just glib, boring ending that turned into more of a, a, a deep dive and not a very good deep dive into internet sleuths. Mm. Um, it was just a, re- it was, just, it, it, you know, I don't know how quickly it was put together and if it was on the back of stuff in 2020 when when true crime was really starting to get ahead of steam, but. It was just boring, and it was really uh, of all of the things that made me think, "Ugh, really can't be arsed with this." You know, f- f- Line of Duty was gr- was gripping up until the end. Tiger King Two still had an, at least had the first series to hold on to, but this was pretty much boring from episode two onwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I stuck with it. To be honest, um, it was it was bad. It was, but it was like one of the worst things I saw in the year. Yeah, I mean, I've I'd heard a podcast about the disappearance of that girl before seeing that um, that TV series, and I remember halfway through it, I thought, "Hang on, I know this story. I know what's going to happen." And like, there is a, a semi interesting story about the Cecil Hotel and about that specific uh, incident, but it was when it devolved into the internet sleuth stuff. Yeah, when it, it gave was... them a voice, and the problem is is they did a much better version of that story when they did Don't Fuck With Cats. Mm, mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. It was just, you know, I can't even say that, like, fatigue for that particular subject kicked in because I still watch stuff like that now and and enjoy it if there's a good story to tell. Um, But, yeah, it was just... It was just—it just wasn't a very well executed um, docu series for it, and it's a shame, really, because the, the 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 meat of the story there's definitely something there. Um, but it just wasn't very well executed. Stu, obviously, you watched Cecil Hotel as well. What are your thoughts? It should have been three episodes max, I and mean, Netflix have done a lot of that where they've just done three one-hour series mini series. And this was crying out for that. I didn't really, mm. I didn't hate the whole internet zoo thing as much as everyone else did because I didn't see the cat thing because I, the cat thing would have made me cry. So I didn't, I didn't want to watch the cat thing. Mm. So this was all new to me. And this whole new world of mentalists was that he, these people actually exist <laughs> in the real world. 
<laughs> but like the whole thing with the doors and then the shadows and the ghosts and it seems like a really weird place as well. And obviously we know someone from LA and Blake has said that that place is infamous um, for being what it is. Yeah, again, a massive missed opportunity in a case of more is not preferable sometimes. Just mm-hmm. rein it in a bit. And it could have been re- something really special for something that in the end turned out to be a really simple story of what happened. Yeah. I think that was I think that was the problem that they kind of they took it down so many avenues where you kind of you escalate and escalate into thinking this is something really really ridiculous and then it wasn't and that could have been solved in an other uh, uh, R film or three episodes max but not four four was an hour too long. Mm, that's fair. And I think as well if you watch American Horror Story, they do a better job of lionizing i suppose is the word um lionizing the cecil hotel season five hotel is about the mysterious stories of this Mm. hotel and they do a better job of telling it so yeah it was a bit sad really and it it, you probably get better stories from the britannia hotel in wolverhampton than the cecil hotel (laughs) oh yeah i mean people have definitely been murdered in that hotel there is absolutely no question about it It, it's a absolute horror of a hotel that one is so, Stu, your biggest disappointment of 2021, please. I mean, let's put it this way. I'm not even going to even mention its name because we all know where it is. I'm going to leave it to Tara, who watched it today. Blank was fucking dog shit. The CG monsters were dreadful. Barry Keown was the best thing in it by far. Sprite was an annoying little weasel cunt. That is the least of its problems because it is a diabolical shambles of a film. The whole we went over it in the spoiler cast with Dave. The whole nonsense of the the accents still doesn't make any sense. The whole fact that they're there, they're here and they can't get involved. Yet the whole film shows them get involved in human history anyway. We've already been over all of this. I had kind of I didn't have high hopes for it because I thought, well, okay, it's subpar Guardians of the Galaxy. That is what it will be. But then it turned out to be the biggest pile of bollocks in the last 12 years from, <laughs> from Marvel Studios and Universal and Sony and everyone else involved in this whole shambles. I can't believe it was even made. It is that shit. It, even, it annoys me. Even when I saw it on Disney Plus the other day, when it was counting down, it pissed me off that it was even there. <laughs> I hate it that much. Is it the worst of the Marvel films, do you think? Well, when I, I rang, I spent a good hour ranking them from 1 to 27 the other day. Of course you did. <laughs> this is 30, because I'm counting the three films from 2022 that are got, not going to be as worse as that. So automatically, <laughs> yes, it is, and it always will be. <laughs> unless, unless they turn it into a student film, which, again, is probably going to be more fun. I can't say they can make anything worse than this nonsense, ever. And they've got no. Oh, it's tell like there's a writer's strike, like there was in Lost season two, that we can forgive them for. So I'll even put on my hands on it. Race, this is an audio <laughs> podcast. No one can even see me getting mad again. There's no excuse for how shit it is. No way. It doesn't make sense. The the budget to die for. They're a, a decent cast. There is no reason for it to be as shit as it is, but it still is. <laughs> 
obviously I've said my piece on the MCU. Matt, thoughts on Eternals? Yeah, nail on the head with Stu on this one, to be fair. Um, An opportunity wasted to, you know, not have the shackles of everything else. You know, everything that's come before it, whether they want to link it into this big master web of of films where everything's got a link to everything else. They had a good opportunity here to just do something fresh and exciting, and it was just a complete clusterfuck. So you know, I'm not going to dive too much more into that. Let 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 sleeping dogs lie now. Let's let's bury it and pretend it never happened. Mm. The the only thing I will say about the Eternals, I hope it doesn't dent Chloe Zhao's career. Like I I think she's a really good act, uh, a really good director. You know, having seen Nomadland, and I I really hope that she does more of that than she does of this. You know, and I think it will because obviously winning an Oscar for Nomadland is going to be a lot better for mm. her career than having done one shitty Marvel film. So yeah, I feel really good having got all of that off my chest <laughs> now. <laughs> I feel like it was needed to, uh, as I said last week, to scorch the earth and, and start again afresh. Right, so next week we're going to be doing a preview of what we're looking forward to for the remainder of 2022. Uh, make sure you've got us on the Twitter, at CageFightingPod, Instagram, at CageFightingPod, emails to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. If you could leave us a five-star review on wherever it is that you're listening, we would truly appreciate it. So for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Ciao, ciao, everybody. Have a splendid rest of January and stay safe, most importantly. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Keep it film-ish. And it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. To infinity. And beyond!